This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Mike Opelka and Beans. You sound like you've got a bug in your in your in your nose. Yeah, it's up somewhere up there. Thank you for not saying a yard south, but yeah, some I thought it was a pollen bomb, and now you've got me paranoid. In the pre-show, we we're talking about it, and uh, I get this like once a year where my voice will go really wonky. And I will have a sore throat. And I got up. I went to bed at 10 because I get up at 4. But this, I got up at 1 and then again at 2 and then again at 3 to gargle with salt water. That's good for you, though. That'll clean out whatever's going on in there. That's a smart way to do it. Yeah, but uh, it's still here. And I have to do radio work in Iowa tomorrow night and then in Philly on Friday. So I need my voice. And, and you and I today and Wednesday. So... Uh, I'm kind of nervous. So if I sound bad, I apologize, people. I don't think you sound that horrible, honestly, but I know how you feel because I've been battling this too. By the way, everyone, a really, really important and great way to support the work that we're doing at Uncover DC is to go to uncoverdc.locals.com and sign up for a yearly subscription so you can hear all the banter, talk to our reporters behind the scenes, and then soon, hopefully, we're going to start doing our meetings once a month. Our, our, like we have a couple meetings a month. We're going to start doing one of them actually just on, live for everybody on Locals who's a member. Really? Like, you know, you step inside the editor's room and you hear, hear what we're working on and what's going on. It's, you know. Behind the door. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's very good. So uh, it is uh, uncoverdc.locals.com. Yes, sir. All right. Chop, yes. chop, people. Get to it. Are we allowed to say chop, chop? Yeah, why not? I said that the other day, and one of my golf buddies goes, you can't say that. That's like Asian racist. Oh, shut up. Tell him to That's shut exactly up. Kick him, off your, kick him off your team. No, he's a nice guy. No, it, 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 what, the, what the hell is happening, Mike? Well, chop, chop. Is, uh, chop, chop. I, I was quoting um, Caddyshack, where Al Chervik played brilliantly by the, the late Ted Knight, comes in and and he goes, chop, chop, Spalding, to his nephew. And there was no Asian thing involved in it. He just wanted him to get moving. That's the problem. There's never an Asian thing involved. They make it. In, these people are crazy. They're yeah, crazy. They, they, okay, so we should start there because uh, happy Pride Month, everybody. We're now kicking into the second week of Pride Month. I'm so excited I can vomit on my shoes why this is what I was going to say earlier that I wanted to save because I wanted your genuine reaction to it. Why did gay pride turn into an exhibitionist show of who can be sexually deviant worse than the next guy? Like, why is it everybody walking men on on leashes and like dildos and people have their kids that it's sick. It's like anything that could be the most disgusting sexual perversion is gay pride. I, I don't know how many gay people agree with that. Not a lot of them, but you know, it's always the fringe that gets the attention. And I will tell you, I have photos from 1980 in, or 1979. Now nah, it was 80 in, in um, Houston, Texas, where I was living at the time. And they had a gay pride week or they had a gay pride parade long before there was a month or a day 
but they had a gay pride parade in the neighborhood. There was a neighborhood in Houston long before there was one in Philly and it was called Montrose, the Montrose. And we used to go because it was a show. It was a full on freak show through the center of Montrose. But you're right. It was guys in like leather thongs with uh, a leash being led down the street. And there's a guy with a whip going, yeah, come on, move it along or whatever. And I have photos of little kids carrying a sign that says our moms are gay and we're proud from 1980. So this has been going on for three plus decades now. And it only gets, uh, you know how things get. Everybody wants to be more outrageous than last year. They did this whole big thing in Dallas where there was a drag show, a family friendly drag show. I, I People mm. traipsed their children into this bar where signs on the walls were, were reading sexually suggestive things. And one of these drag queens walked over and was twerking in front of a young child who proceeded to hand them money. Mm. Like, I always take my kids down to the strip club for some, you know, wholesome fun on the weekends. What the f- is happening? Exactly. But, you know, they all think it's cool to be outrageous. The parents, these parents do. And they think they're being woke when they're just being indoctrinated and groomed and their kids are the victims. And in in truth, this is child abuse. This is not normal behavior. And, and we're allowing it. I love the video of the guy chasing the drag queen down the parking lot in the middle of the day in broad daylight saying, you know, that's really wrong what you're doing. And they couldn't handle it. They had to run. No, and they're all still wearing their, they're still, Antifa's all, of course, out in full force with these things, still wearing their masks as though there's, they're using the COVID excuse. That's why it was so perfect and probably by design, in my opinion, that during the summer of love, Mike, everybody had to be wearing a mask all the time. Oh, yeah, because they didn't want you to see who the criminals were. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to be out there protesting, but when you're protesting with a middle bar or a bicycle lock, and you're hitting people, you can't be identified if you have your COVID mask on. And by the way, the COVID cases are up um, almost 10 times what they were last year on a weekly average. Yes. But the COVID death count is down. So why why is any COVID restriction still in place? I'm still pissed off. I need to renew my passport and you can't get an in-person appointment. And when you ask, they say COVID, it's COVID. You know, we have to. We can't have anyone in the office because of COVID. I went down to social security for something um, because I had to get, I had to do something for Viv because she's working now and stuff. And I, I needed to go to the office, which is open. When I tell you the security to keep people out of that office is more than any bank or any school or anything. Like they lock you out. There's a very strict count of how many people can be in there. The seats are all spread apart as though like if you were close to somebody, you would kill them. It is insane. It's like a Joe Biden campaign rally. Precisely. Absolutely. And yeah, these, go- these the government's not going to let go of COVID. Ever. Ever. And that's why everybody who says like, and now they're trying to get the mask mandates reinstated on the planes. <sighs> yeah, bite me. Literally. I, not not going to happen. Not happening. I will be. Well, I, I, it's an issue if I need to go overseas, but we'll talk about that. But, you know, I speaking of government and covid and the pride thing. Did you see our Treasury secretary raising the rainbow flag? 
that's so important in the midst of all the inflation and bullshit we're, we're dealing with right now. Yeah, no, I didn't. What? Yeah, why? Yes, because it, we want to be inclusive because we have the diversity, equity, and inclusion office in every corner of the country right now. Inclusive of? DEI. Well, it's not you and I, but it's everyone else. The D, and the DEI officers in government and on campus do you even want to start speculating how much money we are paying people to be the vice president of diversity, equity, and inclusion programs? No, mm -mm. no, I don't. It's so maddening how much waste, fraud, and abuse we have over this. And this entire month now, we're not even a week into the month, and we're seeing some of the ridiculous stuff. I'm not a fast food guy. If I'm in trouble and I need food, I will generally go to a fast food place. Uh, my wife loves a Wendy's, has to have one once a week, but I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll cook. Thank you. But uh, the Boiga King is doing a Pride Month special. And I don't know if you've seen this story. No, no. You can, you can order, you know, they like you to have it your way too. You know, get, get whatever you want, mm -hmm. customize. Um, when you order your Whopper, you can order it with two tops or two bottoms. Shut up, Mike. Or yeah, I'm not kidding. I am not. I wish I were kidding you. You can order. I'm hello, happy pride. I'm a two top guy. I'd like two tops, please. <laughs> and while we're at it, you guys have the the fake meat too. Can I get one real beef patty and one plant-based beef patty? <laughs> I want my burger to be by patty. Why is it that there is an entire month dedicated to who somebody likes to have sex with? Why? And, and not if you're heterosexual, of course. Why do we need an entire month of these people telling us who they like to have sex with? Why? Why? Because we allowed it to happen. We, we didn't say no. All we had to do was say, look, what you do at home, and I go back to the 70s and 80s, when people were saying to the Supreme Court and other entities, what I do in the privacy of my bedroom is my business. And that was the prevailing wisdom of the day. But now it's not only is it in my bedroom, but it's in your face and you have to accept it and you have to bring your kids to it and have them put monies in the G-strings of the men who've tucked their penises up into their butts with duct tape. And if you don't, then you're you're discriminating and you're an awful person and you're going to be canceled. And that and we didn't say no. All we need to say was love is love. Who you love is OK. And do that at home. And we're good with that. But don't indoctrinate the children and don't foist it upon corporations with this this Jesse Jackson esque blackmail. Unless you do this, you're, you're going to be not seen as as an ally and so that's how we end up with Burger King with uh, you can order two tops or two bottoms on your burger. Yay. Did you see? I, th I saw one. Somebody put this in our little chat that we have um, that said um, Mayo Hellman's is doing rainbow mayonnaise. <laughs> well, good for, good for them. I'm looking for one here about a teacher who just sounds like a lunatic. And um, as usual. It's only a one-hour podcast. I, if you look on Libs of TikTok, there are like 40 million of those. Well, I have to salute. There are five players on the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team. Yep. They're having a pride event, 
and the team did not force the players to wear the rainbow patch. And so these five guys took the patch off and made a statement basically saying, look, this is, this is our faith speaking here, and we hope you will respect it. We're not saying anything against you. We're just saying this is our faith, doesn't want us endorsing this. And I'm sure they're going to be called bigots and, and horrible things. But uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, which we all need to remember, they used to be called the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, right? Yeah. But they took out the devil because that offended some people. That, that <laughs> offends people. Here, here we go. Oh, no, I didn't find it. While you're looking, I can tell you uh, Chick-fil-A is also involved. Which blows my mind. Well, before, before your mind just exploded out the side of your head, understand it's not for anything they are doing. It is for what the far, far left LGBTQRSTVU community is trying to do. They want people to boycott Chick-fil-A for Pride Month. And if you see anyone posting it, just don't worry about the post. Read the responses because the Chick-fil-A fans are epic and legion and very clever. What, what are they saying? Oh, everything. Some people are saying, I'm going for three meals a day because of you people. I will, I will be shopping and eating at Chick-fil-A every day this month and taking people. It's just so funny to me. I feel like I, I said this yesterday um, because I've been I've been still obviously, you know, you know that I've followed the Johnny Depp case and everyone's like, oh, stop talking about it. No, no, I will not stop talking about it. I want to address a few different sets of people, Mike. All right. Well, you know, you you're right to keep talking about it because there's going to be an appeal. You, there is. Yeah. Her attorney said that Amber wants to appeal a because she can't pay. She doesn't have the money, she says. She won't even have the money for the bond to appeal. Well, uh, I'm sure she has the money. She was renting a $22,000 a month home during the trial uh, so she could stay in comfort. But um, she said uh, she doesn't have the money and there were too many shenanigans. There was too much social media involved. The jury was allowed to look at social media. No, they weren't. And, no, well, that's what, well, they weren't restricted. They were just told not to. But they weren't sequestered. Yeah, so. but even if they were sequestered, this case wouldn't have turned out any differently. She's I a know. lying sack of shit. Well, I, my friend Chris says Sacagawea, which I think same, if, if, we're, if we're on broadcast. Whatever. But here we can say lying sack of shit, and it's probably her own that she delivered. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but the point is here. People are saying this is a big distraction so that you guys are distracted from what's really going on. No, I, I no, uh, uh, because it didn't distract me from anything. I, I was paying attention to everything going on, including this. So, I, I mean, I'm sure there are many people that are like that. There's the the Hollywood normie, Mike, the normal person in the middle of the road or even on the left. Lots on the left, probably the majority on the left. Right. Right. Leaning people don't like Johnny Depp. He threatened to kill the president. Johnny Depp said that he would go like basically made a veiled attack at Trump saying, when's the last time somebody shot the president at the White House? And that was when Trump yeah, was. I, I remember that now. He, he kind of thought he was being clever. Yeah. And so it's not like we were like all big Johnny Depp fans. OK, we weren't. I'm still I'm still not. I OK, it's hard to explain this, but no, it's, it's OK to be team Depp legally, but not team Depp socially. Right. 
So anyway, very long story. There's those people that have been addicted to Hollywood for like all of their lives. They buy the media propaganda hook, line and sinker. So whether or not you feel that this was a big show for whatever reason to keep people distracted is is non important. It's unimportant to the end result, which is this. These people crave the drama so badly, Mike, that when they weren't getting what they wanted on regular legacy media, they went looking for alternatives. Those alternatives made themselves visible in the form of several um, lawyers who streamed all days worth of these hearings every single day and did commentary. A good chunk of them are conservative attorneys. Okay. That have mm-hmm. something like Rakita Law started this thing during the Rittenhouse trial where they would analyze everything. And it was basically conservative attorneys, but it turned into something called loosely called Law Tube, where all of these lawyers that have these channels on YouTube go out and stream stuff about cases that are going on. These people were getting tens of millions of people watching this. OK, and they started realizing that the, the media who is still to this day holding water for Amber Heard was lying to them about the most trivial of things. So they're looking at the media and the media is reporting that something happened one way, but they were glued to their television all day long watching it through LawTube and know that that's not true. So now they step back and they look around and they say, well, wait a second, why? Why are they lying about this? And they start to like scratch their heads and then they start peeling back the onion even more. And they're like, holy crap, they've been lying to us about a lot of things regarding the Johnny Depp trial. (laughs) now they're like now what happened was the washington post was at the forefront of all of this because they're the ones who published amber heard's op-ed um uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i believe they also should get a co-author credit i I mean i don't know or is that the aclu is rumored to be the real author of the amber heard she it's almost like a, a celebrity bio that was dictated to somebody and they fixed all the bad grammar. Well, she said she wrote it in the trial. She admitted she wrote it like accidentally when she was in one of her quasi acting emotional fits, trying to convince the jury of something. She admitted she wrote the thing. Hmm. So okay. that was another th- she couldn't keep her crap straight after a while. You know what I mean? So so she wrote it. The ACLU obviously contributed. They brought in an attorney who had edited the thing to make sure it was defamation proof. Clearly not, Amber. I guess she made a mistake there. But the Washington Post were the ones who published it. So none other than they they trot out none other than Taylor Lorenz. (laughs) Yes, this story is fabulous. This was this was very entertaining this weekend. Carry on. I love this. (laughs) To write a hit piece about the, quote, right wing influencers. Not everybody who was covering this trial on socials and on YouTube were right leaning. A lot of them were, quote, and I say were because not anymore, leftists. Okay. Yeah. So they, they write, Taylor writes this hit piece about how much money they made and how the extremists are taking Johnny Depp's side and he's a right wing extremist. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Okay, and they turned it into this big political thing. And they say that they contacted these two bigger YouTube channels for comment. And one of them was actually mentioned in the trial. And it was so funny because they asked the guy um, that have you communicated with that umbrella guy? And (laughs) and it's just it's he's like, you sound schizophrenic is what he replied to. uh, (laughs) Anyway. So they, they, she says in the article, we reached out to them for comment and neither uh, replied. And then they were like, wait a second. No, you didn't. You didn't reach out to us co- for comment. And these are freaking attorneys. 
It's it's wonderful when the left gets caught in its own crap. So and this yeah. was so much fun to watch. So these two guys said, "No, you never reached out to us." One was a and, chick, but yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I was doing you guys like Chicago. Oh. Uh, these two folks, they, them, whatever the hell their pronouns <laughs> are, they reached out and said, "No, we never, we never heard from you. We would have responded." So uh, you're full of Bravo Sierra and. Didn't the post have to put up some kind of retraction or correction? So the the fervor on it grew so quickly that the post took out the lines without retraction. They just ghosted out the lines like they never existed. And then people noticed that because now you've got the the Hollywood obsessed drama craving left looking at the Washington Post like you mother effers. You're lying about these people we've been obsessed with watching for weeks now. So they've they've got a following that is devoted to them and believes them. Why? Because they've been telling them the truth the whole time. Okay. so now all these people are like attacking Taylor Lorenz. And of course, she plays the victim. Well, it's me. Then they made a real retraction. The retraction was even still wrong, to which they had to come back and do another correction. And Taylor Lorenz is saying this is all a right wing guided attack campaign against me and CNN seeing what's going on here and realizing that if they don't do something, they're going to be thrown in with the Washington Post starts attacking the Washington Post. Also, see, CNN says, all right, this is some kind of media revolution that's going on right now. And you guys can say I'm exaggerating it. I promise you I am not. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make a video today using Depp and Heard in the title just to point all of this stuff out because people are searching it up like nobody's business. And I want in. I want in. You should get in. And it tells you how bad the Washington Post story is when the despicable Oliver Darcy, the henchman for Brian Stelter and Stelter and Darcy came out strongly against what Taylor Lorenz was up to this week. Not because they care, because if it was anybody on if, if it was anything else, if it was me or any other like bigger conservative person or anything, they would have left to the bank. The reason why they're concerned about this is because the left is onto it and they need to salvage whatever credibility they have to maintain their propaganda hold on these people. Because right now the veil is being lifted off their eyes and they're all in the comment. I read all the comments because that's where it all happens on all these left channel news channels with like, let's say, uh, what's her name's attorney came out and started speaking to everybody in the in the press, not taking any responsibility, saying basically defaming Johnny again on television. And the comments are like, I don't understand. This is one thing that's really just not political. And they're making this some political thing. Like if I support Johnny Depp, I'm on the right. And then there are comments under there from like people on our side that are like, don't you see they've done this with everything. Like they've lied to you about everything. And the conversations that are happening are glorious. Mike, (laughs) it is just the, it is a, it is a culture revolution that is really just beginning. And not only is this fantastic for the cancel culture that's been going on for so long, because people are really taking pause with that now and saying, I've seen it. They're saying, this is wrong. We should really never do this again because we've destroyed somebody based on someone else who had zero credibility and just believe like believe all women is done. It's finished. It's yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to think who was the um, there was a media personality who said that the Amber Heard verdict was the Auschwitz for the Me Too movement. They, and like, do you have any idea what the Holocaust was about? They, they don't care. 
They don't care. The the like the biggest point here, and I will keep showing people because we need. This reminds me of back in the day when the WikiLeaks emails came out, and I told you a large majority of the audience listening to me dissect them was progressive that moved over to the right. So many thousands and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people because they realize, oh crap, they've been lying to us, and they they needed someone to teach them why. This is that same exact moment, but on a much bigger scale because they went into culture. These people are obsessed with culture. It's all they do, drama and culture. Now it's time to show them exactly what happened. And you guys need to need to be there peppering in all the little details that they'll look at now that they would have dared not look at before. It is such a huge opportunity. I know I sound like a manic lunatic right now, but I, I I can't stress enough how important this time is. So important. It's vital because A, we're five months and a day away from the midterm elections. B, we have long had the disadvantage when it comes to directing the culture and been pushed aside for so many years and maybe even decades. And now with the victory, if you will, and I'm using air quotes with my fingers, on the story of the Hunter Biden laptop being finally accepted and recognized by even the farthest of the left, as being legitimate, but they're trying to diminish its significance and importance because they feel stupid and missing it. We have to understand the old saying is true. Politics is downstream from the culture. And we need to make sure that this culture shift continues and happens, but with facts, 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 because they got the culture by being emotional and using their feelings and saying, you've been mean to me. You can't be mean to me. And now that we're showing them the facts, they're starting to get it. They're starting to understand. And so you keep pushing. I know. And you're never going to get everybody. That's not the point. The point is a critical mass because they're look, they they're the they're the it's either there are a gazillion more shootings happening, Mike, or they're reporting them all as though they're the biggest thing that's ever happened in the world because they think that the gun control thing, since the abortion thing floundered on its ass. They think that the gun control thing is going to be the thing that rallies people to the polls. And when that's not really working, they're starting their televised J6 hearings this Thursday night in prime time as though they're some kind of freaking it's just sick. And they think that's going to work. But I don't think they can get it back, Mike. I don't think anybody is going to like people are like enough with J6 already. Most people, most normal people. I think the Republicans said they're going to come out and do their own. They should have been doing that the entire time instead of waiting for the Democrats to do something. Showcase the people being destroyed in prison right now for no reason other than a trespassing charge. Well, yeah, I I agree with you on the GOP acting or being a little slow to act in a rather Biden-like pace. But I I love what I'm seeing and this video that surfaced a couple days ago of the committee chairman, uh, Benny Thompson, who I think is a um, a congressman from the South, and he is the guy overseeing the hearings that are supposed to be showing us the insurrection. And in 1971, this guy supported an actual insurrection in America. He's on video. Did you watch this tape? No, I have not heard anything about this at all. Zero. Oh, my God. Can I play you a little bit of it? Yeah, please. So first, here's Benny being Benny the tough guy in this investigation. Our only charge is to follow the facts. Yeah, okay. And while we have a lot to uncover, 
there are a few things we already know. So he's up there bloviating about this. But if you go back to 1971, he was speaking, speechifying on behalf of a group that wanted to claim and had actually claimed an area in the South for the African Republic. And it will hear, hear a little bit of this. I treated fairly and given every opportunity afforded them by law. This was not done in the case of the Republic of New Africa. They are charged with obstructing justice. This, I believe, is an attempt on part of law enforcement officials to stop the Republic from building its community. So when he talks about the Republic, the Republic of New Africa had actually mapped out a section of five states in the south across Alabama and parts of Florida into Georgia, and they had rented a piece of land from a farmer. And the minute they rented it, they declared it the capital of the Republic of New Africa. Mm. They planted a flag. They bought, brought guys in with weapons. And the, the farmer went, hold on a second here. You, you can't, this isn't what you're doing here. But thankfully, they hadn't signed the lease and hadn't made the down payment. So this farmer went and got his lawyers and said, this ain't going on. This ain't happening. And it became a thing. And they're standing. In 1971, I was aware but not politically aware of what was going on. This Benny, or whatever, Benny Thompson, was leading the charge to defend these guys being actual insurrectionists in, in the, the south of this country. And nobody in the mainstream media, I hope somebody will play this clip today because it's absolute gold. And he's right there. It's 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 so amazing to me how this stuff happens and it takes this long for it to come out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, I, I do think somebody was smart on this one because you say, you know, the the GOP dragged their feet on going after the January 6th committee. Uh, but this um, this clip, I think, is meant to come out a day. This is like an October surprise. You know, you time it to come out just before the election. The these hearings, no one gives a rat's butt. I would rather watch The Voice or American Idol or any of that competition crap or so you think you can dance than watch the stupidity that's going to go on, especially after how the um, committee and the DOJ treated uh, what's his noodle, noodle who they put in leg irons last week. Oh, um, Peter Navarro. Yeah, Navarro gets arrested. There was a warrant out for his arrest, and they could have gotten him at home, but no, they waited till he got to the airport and waited till he was about to get on the plane because it's more dramatic. Yeah, it's not about contempt, guys, and everybody knows that it's not. And, no. the, you know, they, 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 the DOJ passed on um, Meadows and who else was it? They passed uh, on to um, the, the uh, technical, the uh, social media. Scavino. Guy. Yeah. They passed on on the DOJ wouldn't prosecute them, um, but did decide to prosecute Navarro and obviously Bannon, whose case we've been following the entire time and will kind of set the precedent for what happens with these moving forward. Again, never, never. It, oh, it's just it's maddening. It's yeah. maddening. Compare the arrests of, uh, say, um, uh, General Flynn, how they treated General Flynn, how they arrested Navarro, 
how they how CNN was clued in when Roger Stone was getting arrested. Remember, they had live camera crews. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just like, how do you recover from this? That's my thing. Like the problem I see is this. And I'm just going to say it. We're winning primaries all over the place. Trump endorsed candidates are winning primaries all over the place. Right. But but a lot of the people he's endorsed are absolute dog crap. So, like, I, I shudder to think if they go out and win the election and then get into their seats that he's endorsed the wrong people and that those people are going to be the ones that just sit on their asses once again when we have power in Congress. I want reciprocity, Mike. Yeah, but let's go back. I, I want reciprocity, too. I want fair treatment, too, but I'm not going to go after revenge because then you dig two graves. No, so. but they're breaking rules and laws everywhere. Like they get away with it all the time. Like they're the, for example, the ATF is going after gun stores because of clerical errors and typos in their paperwork. Yeah. And, and what, what Trace is talking about is when you go to renew your FFL, your federal firearms license, which is what allows you to sell guns. Uh, if you make a typo on the form, they're now saying, oh, we're denying your, your application or your renewal, which is such a bogus thing. And so they're using the law on the books against us. It is time we put these people where they belong because they are breaking laws every day all over the place and nobody ever holds them accountable. So, no, not revenge. Just let's hold them to the same standard, shall we? Well, it would be nice. Arrest Adam Schiff for contempt. Uh, Adam Schiff should be more than arrested for contempt. Perjury. Yeah. I mean, every there are crimes, crimes. Legitimate crimes that he's committed. Arrest him. Uh, that's not going to happen until there's a different leadership. Which, by the way, I meant to ask you, since we're talking about leadership and should the GOP take control of the House again and Nancy Pelosi's unemployed, um, uh, how do you feel about Trump supporting McCarthy fully? Terrible. Full endorsement. I, I had mixed reactions to that. It's It's terrible. It's terrible. Okay, now let's get on to another Trump endorsement since you were talking about it. Dr. Oz won his primary. His opponent um, dropped his challenge. So it is going to be Dr. Oz against maybe this guy, Fetterman. See, I'm, I'm believing that the Democrats realize Fetterman is such a flawed candidate that they're going to pressure him to step down. They're going to use his health issues as a reason. Yeah, well, he has horrible health. He, he he told his doctors to pound sand after they told him, dude, you got a heart problem. You need to take this meds. And he, he wouldn't take the meds. And he apparently had several other issues prior to the most recent one and just told us on Friday. I believe that they're going to look at the early polling of a Dr. Oz who has name recognition and look at putting somebody else in there. I I mean, I don't know who, who else is out there for them, which doesn't really well, matter. I mean, second place was Connor Lamb. Even better. Fetterman beat this guy like a rented mule. Uh, He beat Fetterman beat Lamb like three to one in terms of voting. It was like 70 plus percent. So they don't have any good options unless they decide they're going to pull somebody out of a hat. I'm very worried about about what these people are going to do or what they're not going to do once they take office, even here in my district. And I'm not supposed to say that, but Tom Rice has Paul Ryan out here campaigning for him over the weekend. And he has like nobody coming to his campaign events because everybody hates him. Give it, this is supposedly Trump country out here, right? 
And so President Trump endorses this guy named Russell Fry, who has no platform, has ignored every candidate forum that the actual GOP, which is me and this county, have put on for people like him. All of his competitors have come. Tom Rice hasn't come. He's too good for us also. And he, he his campaign signs, his lawn signs at the top, they all say endorsed by Trump because nobody knows what the hell he's going to. He was a state rep who voted more Democrat than Republican his entire time. It's a terrible, terrible endorsement that people who don't know any better are just going to go out and vote for him because it says endorsed by Trump on the sign. It's terrible. Well, I honestly believe that Donald Trump's endorsements are probably coming from someone who's advising him. And I don't know if he is as well versed on some of these candidates as he is on, on the more higher profile races. Rice was the one who voted to impeach him the second time around. A Republican who voted to impeach him. Why would you support? He, 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 he just, I can't, I can't even, I'm just so dumbfounded by it. It's it's just such a waste. Like if you can get anybody elected using your name, why not pull somebody in who gives a crap about what the hell is going on and isn't in it for the wrong reasons and elevate them and show that this two party nonsense system where the GOP gets to hand select who they want to be running case in point, Tennessee, Robbie Starbuck, right? Yeah. So Trump endorsed his um, the Pompeo chick that nobody liked at all and not Robbie Starbuck. Fine. They kicked him off the ballot, Mike. The GOP had a closed door meeting against all of their rules and broke all of their rules to remove him, unilaterally remove him from the ballot in Tennessee. He sued. He showed them why he followed the rules. He got vouched for by like 11 um, GOP committee members and like party chairs and like all the things he was supposed to do because he hadn't lived there for a full three years and voted in three primaries. So like he came in late. But one of the things you can do is if you don't vote in three primaries, you can get vouched for as being a real true Republican and conservative by people in the party in Tennessee. And he went around and got a ton of those endorsements more than anybody else who had just moved in and tried to win. And they were vote, they, they were supposed to have a meeting where everybody was supposed to come and he was supposed to be allowed to come. And they changed the rules at the very last minute and shut him out and everybody else out and just made the decision on their own. And then the next thing you know, he's off the ballot. Now, in what universe is that okay? In, in no universe. They're doing exactly what they get mad at the Democrats for doing. You know, we can go all the way back to Democrats locking Republicans out of the health care negotiations for Obamacare and, and telling us you can't come in. And Nancy Pelosi saying you have to pass the bill to see what's in it. That's exactly what's happening. And this we should know better at our core. So but he- I, I think part of this goes to um, a, a certain amount of uncertainty about who will be the 2024 best choice. And there was another straw poll that said it should be DeSantis that happened this weekend. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Just to finish the Starbucks thing up, he sued and he won. He's yeah. back on the ballot right now. We have an article about it, about it out on Saturday. He's back on the ballot, but they're appealing. And everybody's like, well, we don't want Robbie Starbuck here. Then don't vote for him. That's not the point. I wish people could see the forest for the trees more. Like, yeah. How is another choice hurting you from making your choice? It's zero. It's not. Like, vote, don't vote for him then. But he doesn't deserve to be kicked off the ballot against, like, who's to say they're not going to kick somebody else off at at a whim? Who's the next person they do this to? Like, this is what I'm saying. There's no law and order or any rules being followed anywhere. People are just, what are we living in right now? 
Well, you have the same situation in uh, Michigan, where five GOP candidates were removed from the primary ballot by the governor's uh, doing, basically. (laughs) It's just crazy. More candidates. Have 50 candidates and let people make their choice. (laughs) If you really believe you've got the best candidate that you want to support, you shouldn't be afraid of anybody. No, you shouldn't. And, and it's not a point of whether or not you want him to win or not. That's not what it's about. It's about the fact that he deserves to be on the ballot. He followed the rules that are on the books right now to get on the ballot. And some people in a room with nobody watching shouldn't be allowed to decide who does and doesn't get to run for office. It's exactly everything we were bitching about after the 2020 election saying, who's la- minding the counters? And, and now that we have... <laughs> I saw this on MSNBC. We have all of these people stepping up and saying, I'll be an election poll watcher. The the left is freaking out. There are a whole bunch of conservatives who want to be poll watchers. Well, yeah, what's the problem? Yeah. What are yeah, you afraid of? They can't cheat anymore. And that's why we talked about this on Friday. And I said this whole CISA thing about the voting machines being vulnerable is not because they all of a sudden care about election integrity. They're willing to sacrifice the fact that we were right, they're willing to do that. You see, people are looking at this and saying, well, wait a second, everybody's looking at it and saying, well, they were right. It wasn't the most secure election in history. They're willing to give that up in order to cast doubt over the midterms months early. Idiots. They're they're just so frustrating and infuriating at the same time. Speaking Ah. of narrative driving, um, Mike, another thing, I mentioned briefly these shootings and how they seem to be picking up pace or... They're all getting more attention than usual for this narrative building they're doing. One of the moms that ran into the school to get her kids in Uvalde came out and started giving interviews and told everyone that the police have warned her to stop telling her story. Do you want to hear her interview? I do. Arrest you because you're being very uncooperative. I said, well, you're going to have to arrest me because I'm going in there. And I'm telling you right now, I don't see none of y'all in there. Y'all are standing with snipers and y'all are far away. I'm, if y'all don't go in there, I'm going in there. He right, immediately put me in cuffs. She says after Uvalde police officers told marshals to uncuff Gomez, she ran towards the school. As soon as they uncuffed me, I jumped that first gate fence. And once I jumped it, I went to my son's class. And I knocked on the door and I remember the teacher saying, um, I'm like, hey, they're already, they're already um, boat cutting the fence to get me. She's like, you think we have time to get out? I said, y'all have time. I'm going to run for my other son. Once she was assured her son was okay, Gomez ran to get her other child, encountering more officers who tried to stop her. So I start yelling and I'm being a cooperative and I'm like, well, y'all aren't doing shit. What are y'all doing? Y'all ain't doing shit. Y'all need to be in here. Give me your best. Somebody give me a best. I'm something. I started paying attention to how far the shots were being. So that I knew the shooter was all the way still by my first son's class. So when I went to my son, my second son's door, the teacher didn't want to open the door for me. So that's when they started um, escorting me out. And as I, as I see that they're opening my son's door, I go run for my son and I get him. With both of her kids out safe, Gomez still can't shake the thought of those who didn't make it. While you were inside the school, did you see officers there inside the school? There was one officer inside the school when I ran to my second son's class. There was not one officer. And you were hearing gunshots, so you knew you that could hear the it gunshots. was an active shooter. It was still active. The gunshots were still active. They were not in there. There was no one in there. If anything, when I pulled out, my car was closer to the school than, the, where, than where the snipers and everybody that was laying on the ground were. 
When you heard that it took law enforcement 75 minutes before they went in and stopped the shooter, what was your thinking, having been inside the school yourself? I don't know. I was just thinking that they could have saved many more lives. They could have gone into that classroom and maybe two or three would have been gone, but they could have saved a whole, a whole more, the whole class. They could have done something. So one thing I don't understand about the story that I'm going to call because maybe you can help me. Mm -hmm. She said that when she went in there and she was trying to run to a second classroom, they there were officers in there that were trying to restrain her. I think she means that followed her in to stop her. Probably. Okay. Because then her saying there were no officers in there doesn't ring true, but I think she means that they followed her in there to stop her from going in to save her kids, which I can tell you right now, Mike, I would have been doing too. Oh, all of us, I think, would have if we had children in there. I don't have kids, but had I, I would have been absolutely telling them, no, I'm going in. I'd be like that guy who got the, the gun from the barber, got out of the barber chair and went off duty um, a border patrol agent, borrowed a gun from his barber and went charging in. You there, know, it's just amazing. Something stinks about this entire thing. I, I, I just it's so hard to believe that all of those cops, they arrested. They, they put so many parents in handcuffs while these, this guy, this this lunatic is inside shooting their children instead of going in there as a force and stopping the guy. Well, in addition to that, we do not know, we have not heard yet anyone really press where did the money come from to buy all of the weapons? Yep. They, they want us to stop being, quote, conspiracy theorists. But all of these things, Mike, happen with all of these weird freaking circumstances and nobody's allowed to ask questions about them, which further feeds the, 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 the theories. So we're not getting honest answers out of anybody about this at all, yeah. at all. And this was what set off, oh, three people killed at a doctor's office, four people killed in a mall, uh, shots break out at a street party, you know, and everybody, I, I think that these things are happening all the time, it's just they don't report on them because, you know, they happen in big cities that are Democrat run all the time. Uh, yeah, Chicago, you can go to heyjackass.com and see the daily statistics of shootings in Chicago. And it is it is just the most disgusting thing that Chicago does nothing. And the mayor tells reporters they will shut up. They will not ask questions. How dare they? And uh, I live near Philadelphia, not far from Philadelphia. Over the weekend, there was a an absolute gang war on the streets of Philadelphia in one of the touristy areas, South Street, Philadelphia. And the city's reaction is not to go in there with a show of force. They are going to put a curfew and shut down South Street for a while. They said probably a week until we get a handle on things. On, on what? The criminals that are not going to listen to the curfew anyway? Right. And all I kept thinking was when I heard this guy talking about it, when I heard him explaining their plan, I thought, oh, just two weeks to stop the spread. Yeah. To flatten the curve. We just need we just so all these businesses who are just now starting to reopen in the summer that's bringing people to Philadelphia where Constitution Hall sits, where they wrote the goddamn Constitution with the Bill of Rights and all the freedoms that we have. They're going to shut the city down because they won't they will not persecute the people and prosecute the people who are committing all these crimes. I'm sorry, I'm yelling.
No, that's okay. It's it's nonsense. Like this is what we have. We have Cicilline here. Imminent danger to themselves and others, such that they might commit mass murder, have a constitutional right to access a firearm, and to deny them that right would quote trample on an individual's due process and Second Amendment rights. You know who didn't have due process? You know who didn't have their constitutional right to life respected? Um the kids at Parkland and Sandy Hook, and Uvalde, and Buffalo, and the list goes on and on. So spare me the bullshit about constitutional rights. The gentleman not be, no, I will not. You'll- spare me the bullshit about constitutional rights. Yeah, he's trying to walk that back now. He's trying to kind of crawfish that a little bit. How? But, well, he's trying to say, I was getting very emotional about the subject, and I'm allowed to be emotional. Well, rights are rights, and, and one of the things that everybody needs to understand is you are innocent until proven guilty and a red flag law will presume guilt until you prove innocent, which you can't prove a negative. Right. So it's, it's an absolute disaster. Now that we are told by uh, Murphy and I'm trying to think who the other guy was. Uh, I think it was the uh, Pennsylvania guy, Casey saying uh, that they don't want Biden in the negotiations, but they're making real progress. I swear this, this, this is, this is the last, if they get their hands on our guns, I don't even know. It's going to. Well, I'll tell you what the concern I have right now in my own state of Delaware, uh, there are four bills that are being attempted to be rammed through in the last ditch effort. They've got a couple of weeks to try and, get some things done. And the governor here, it's a very blue state, despite the fact that the lower half of the state could not be any redder if they tried. Uh, lower, slower Delaware is uh, is very, very, very red. But they, had, they control everything. They control the whole state legislature. And they are going to try and put restrictions on every aspect of owning a gun with the end result in their background check expansion the end result would be to have um, uh, a, a registry of every firearm in the state. They already have registries. Of, they don't use this. Half of these people that commit these things are known to the FBI and law enforcement before they do it. Including the kid in Uvalde. And then to hear this idiot talk about the right to life. Spare me. You don't give a crap about life. These people campaign about killing newborns. <sighs> I know. Uh, we really God need help God us out. indeed. Do you have anything else to do before we end today? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, there were uh, today, of course, being D Day, uh, we honor the um, the incredible sacrifices of the people who um, went ashore at Omaha Beach, who went ashore at Utah Beach, who went ashore uh, down the beach a little bit. The Brits. Also had uh, troops. This is the Americans went at Omaha and Utah. The Brits and the Canadians swarmed Gold Beach and Juno Beach and uh, Sword Beach. And really, that was the turning point in World War II. And there are still a few veterans who are there who are there today marking this. And um, it's just a, a remarkable accomplishment for for the world. We stopped the evil that was fascism, that was Nazism, that was Hitler. And it, but for that great generation, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing today. And also yesterday, 
I don't know if you have stuff like this on your calendar, but yesterday was the uh, anniversary of the passing of uh, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I know. And they just allowed what's his name free, didn't they? Yeah, Hinckley. Yeah, Hinckley. Uh, that's a guy, right? That was Hinckley? Yep. John Hinckley. Uh, and he was trying to impress Jodie Foster. But if you've ever wondered how great Reagan was, there are myriad speeches on, on the YouTubes about Ronald Reagan's gift of the gab. Uh, and some of the speeches are long and some are short. I have the, one of the shortest. It's like 30 seconds. <laughs> if you want to hear it. Yeah, sure. Ronald Reagan proving why he was great speaking in front of a crowd about, um, I think this is about the Berlin Wall. By its very existence and character, Berlin remains the most compelling argument for an open world. We're reminded of the many traditions of openness and democracy that have marked the history of this city. Amir, miss me. <laughs> so, <laughs> how great was that? Oh, I love it. He's giving a speech to a guy, tens of thousands of people in Berlin about freedom. And completely live, completely ad-libbed. Can you imagine the current president? He'd be in for a change they'd, after something like that happened. Yeah, they'd come and evacuate him because somebody, you know, over the weekend, they, they evacuated him out of an abundance of caution after some private plane accidentally crossed into Delaware airspace that they shouldn't be in. Yeah, he has a big mansion. It's the largest beach, beach house in Delaware and uh, in Rehoboth. And he was down there because there's nothing pressing in terms of the country with the formula crisis or the inflation crisis or the gas crisis. So he went off to the beach and uh, a, a small plane was not listening to the right channel, got a two military jet escort back to the airport and several hours of conversation. And Joe and Jill got taken to the local fire station. I was not far away. You know, I, we're down at the beach about 15 miles from there. And I was wondering, though, if that plane was getting ready to unfurl a banner, you know, because uh, you see them all along the seashore. Yeah. Here that would have said, let's go, Brandon. I just wonder. We didn't know because they got to him pretty quickly. That would to That's me. That's a dangerous thing to be trying to do. Yeah, because the military will shoot you down. <laughs> you don't do that. Yeah. But they Joe. Joe would have reacted. They evacuated him uh, because they're worried he would have evacuated his own bowels. If, if something like that had happened at a Joe Biden event, he would not have had that clever of a response. No. I, I can't, 17 seconds. I have to hear that one more time. Sure. Come on, Ronnie. By its very existence and character, Berlin remains the most compelling argument for an open world. We're reminded of the many traditions of openness and democracy that have marked the history of this city. Amir, miss me. <laughs> Talk about a mic drop moment. <laughs> it's just epic. So good. And the only other one, I'm anti-monarchy, but I love the queen. I think she's an amazing person. What? I'm, I'm Yeah. You have to study how she got to where she was and what she did and her faith and how she how she lived her life. She's a really interesting example. And I was not a part of any of the celebration of the monarchy. She has no power. It's all merchandising. They're, they are there to fund a lot of what goes on in London because it's all souvenirs and crap. 
But if you didn't watch the one thing that aired, she showed up for one event. She she was there on the first day. She's 96 years old. She's an old broad. She can't be walking around standing for six hours at a time. So they let her ride out a couple days. But they had filmed a little one-minute video of the queen with Paddington Bear having tea. If you haven't seen it, you must. Am I going to laugh at least? Yes. Okay. You are going to, yeah, and it just shows that they understand who she is. And she's at 96, she's ages, ages younger than Joe Biden and more cognizant, cognizant of what's going on around her, has more cognitive powers. But you, I don't have it to play for you, but you have to promise me you will go and watch The Queen with Paddington Bear. And then the one thing that made me laugh, they brought out that gold carriage that she rode in her first coronation 70 years ago. Yes. When she was 26 years old. Um, and they took the films from that coronation and created a hologram that was projected inside the carriage as it was drawn by horses up uh, whatever the boulevard was to to um, Windsor Palace. And uh, it, it's pretty remarkable to watch people waving to a hologram waving to them. Yeah, like it's real. They probably thought it was real. People are idiots. Well, after a few days of celebrating, there's a line that's kind of smeared between reality and whatever else is going <laughs> on. But no, I'm anti-monarchy, but I think uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth II is quite remarkable. And uh, there, you have to see Paddington. And if you haven't watched The Crown, it's kind of historically accurate and tells a lot of the story in a very easily digested way. Well, I will do it for you, but that's it. All right. It's a, <laughs> it's a minute of your day, for God's sakes. I know. Well, I hope you're better for Wednesday. Me too. Because I got, you know, I got people relying on me. I got shit to do. And you, not, you sound better throughout the episode. You started sounding better and better. I hope so. You know what's going to make me better is when I go to Burger King and get my Pride Whopper with two tops. <laughs> you have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with Mike Prideful Opelka. Oh and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We'll be back on Wednesday. What's the rainbow connection about pride? I just gotta know. I hope not. Why are you showing songs about rainbows? <laughs>This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. This week starts a 12 straight week run of the UFC starting this Saturday night with UFC Fight Night Volkov versus Rosenstruck. And then all the way till August the 20th, UFC 278. So we have got three or four, excuse me, four pay-per-views in this time stretch. The rest of them all fight night cards. So one of the things I brought to Daniel, I said, let's talk about some of the fight night main events that interest us the most. And I mean, look, Daniel, I mean, when you look at some of these main events, man, there's some great main events out there. I mean, you talk about on June the 18th, Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett there. In Austin. Then you go down to July the 16th. You got Ortega and Rodriguez in front of fans there in Long Island. The week before that, you got RDA and Rafael Fiziev. Uh, after Ortega and Rodriguez, you got Blades 
and Aspinall. I mean, like these are all great matchups. Like if I, you sit there and say, hey, like, if I was going to label my number one fight, just because, man, I think this has got violence written all over it. I don't know if this is going to be your answer. I'm going to go Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.